right, entrepreneurs, another lightning round of five topics about eye care. This time, we're talking about money. Here's the five topics. Matching prices, charging for nose pads, selling solutions and accessories in your practice, opticians, how to ask for raises, and the biggest money opportunity in your practice in the exam room. Remember, we have a new texting line. I want to hear from you, hear your thoughts, observations, things you want to hear on the podcast. Show us some love. Text 913-660-2855. Thanks and have a great weekend. Hi, Dr. Brill here. Let's talk about matching prices. I'll just tell you right now, I don't do it. And we're talking really about contact lenses. I know there's colleagues that say we match prices. And what they mean is bring in the lowest possible price from 1-800 or whatever it is, or some on the street vendor for contact lenses and used ones, I don't even know. But they match everyone's price. So I think it's demeaning to our offices when people ask us to match a price. Yes, you could say there's a merchant quality to our handling contact lenses in our office. But I think the, the professionalism that we have, really, you should determine what your fair price is. And of course, there's insurance benefits, there's other rebates and discounts from manufacturers. But when you are offering your contact lenses, you have to decide, does this fit the policy and the philosophy of my office? So when you open up the door for matching prices, you're open up the door for let's make a deal in my office. So my recommendation is do what you feel is comfortable, but for me, I don't match prices. All right, so let's talk about patient perceptions. So first of all, if you have a fairly decent looking office, the perception is that the doctor will always be more expensive. And even if you are at the rock bottom price, even if you're beating the rock bottom price, it's a perception is the doctor will be always more expensive. All right, so let's say you decide I'm going to lose money on everybody because I want to match the price from a vendor who gets them out a lot cheaper than you do because they're buying three train loads full. Okay, so was that, did that help you at all? Did that help you retain that patient? Probably not. And if you're losing money on everybody, it's probably not going to retain that patient. So now let's talk about the other perception is that a lot of patients like buying things single source right from the doctor, the trust, the most trusted source, the least risk, best choice for them is to get them from the doctor. Only one place to go. And I like that. I like them to have one place to go. Um, the other thing is a lot of people go to the highest price place. You know, the best surgeons in town, the best of any discipline in terms of uh, the most probably prestigious office, they're always the highest price, and I would guess they're always the busiest. So let's think about these things when we're pricing our materials and our services, and you have to decide where you feel comfortable. I feel comfortable providing more for more. You have to be charging for nose pads in your optical. If you're giving it away for free, you are making a huge mistake. I charge $9.99 plus tax for new nose pads because I'm in business to make money and provide service, both. If you have 100 people come in a year for new nose pads, you put a pair on and charge $10 each, you're going to make 
thousand dollars. Can you believe that? That's a thousand extra dollars in your pocket. Imagine, you know, you can go out get a few nice dinners. You, uh, that's a plane ride to Miami, sit on the beach, have a margarita. I mean, you can do a lot of stuff with that. So I advise you always charge for nose pads. Now, if it's loyal clientele and they spend a lot of money in your practice or your optical, okay, that is a total exception. But when they come in with a frame that's three years old, four years old, two years old, you kind of have to charge. So use your judgment based on loyalty to your practice. But when someone brings in this old Prada, look how narrow this is, old you have to charge for your services. Don't be afraid. People want to pay you for your services. So you might think, you know, all this inventory right here, we have all these pads and we're prepared for it. This costs money and preparation and time to get all this organized. So even though it costs you, um, you know, 10 cents or five cents a pair, it does have value and we have skill set and learn how to charge for it. Uh, do you think plumbers, when they come in and replace a little PVC pipe, care? that they paid $3 for that and now they're charging you $200? Nope, so charge for your services, please. Keep us in business. Hi, Dr. Brill here. I've got a question for you. How many of you sell accessories, products, solutions? You know, it's kind of a pain to keep an inventory of it, but I'll tell you, this is a total convenience item for patients. They look forward to you having this. You know, we have, Lumify, we've got GP solutions, we've got vitamins, eyelash supplements, uh, drops. We have a whole bunch of different things. And I always thought patients wouldn't like that, but honestly, it's a one-stop shop. They want to buy them from here and it makes it a convenience. You know what, it actually adds up a little bit of revenue. Think of it like a small cab ride, a short cab ride. Yes, you could take a cab ride from Kansas City to Chicago, but you could do a bunch of three mile or five mile cab rides and it all adds up at the end of the month. It's going to take a little bit of management, but I think that the pa your patients will love it. We've got other accessories too of, uh, oh, different things for glasses, specialty little cases, knickknacks, readers. Uh, this is not one, but it's kind of cool anyway. So, all right. So think about serving your patients. Think about not sending them to Walmart. Do you realize Walmart and Target actually uh, spit out a receipt that says a coupon, get your contacts here, get your glasses here, get your exam here. Keep them out of big box retail and you'll save the patient, you'll save them time, money, and they'll look forward to the convenience. Let's talk about raises and how to get them. And I'm talking about more than getting 50 cents. This could be a buck, it could be five bucks, maybe 10, maybe you're worth it. So here's how you do it. You have to ask for raises because uh, your boss can't read your mind, all right? So what I like to do is just simply straight up in a polite way, say, hey, hey boss, um, I would like a performance review because it's all about performance, it's not emotional. And what you should be doing at this performance review is you should bring data because it's better to make decisions based on data than emotions. And I would strategically write down what you did right in your optical for the past six months, maybe the past year. Uh, maybe it's that you sold 200 second pairs and you should be keeping track of this. And if 
you're not, uh, maybe your, your owner of the optical or practice has the data on that. Um, so show hard data of what you've done well within the practice to make the financials rise. And that's how you ask for a raise. You have to have proof that you are doing a really good job. Showing up is not enough. We all show up to work. Even if we're late, we show up. Um, so asking for a raise, you have to be bold about it. And if you are worth it, it will show in the data and in your sales. Um, you know, we are in healthcare, but we also are in a unique situation that we're in a, a definitely a sales-driven arena with the retail part of optical. The next thing I would do uh, during this performance review when you're asking for a raise is you need to have a plan for the future and it could be simply you know 10 bullet points or 30 bullet points here's what I plan to do you know in 2020 to earn my keep here um, and if I were your boss I'd be like dang Shelly or Becky or Joe they wrote down all these bullet points and they went above and beyond to think about the practice and not just think about yourself. Uh, we always get hung up on ourselves and why we're so great at work and my boss, you know, would die without me. And hey, maybe that's true. Maybe you have all the game and you're totally worth it. I just want to remind you though, show your value by putting it in writing. And that means a lot. And think about it strategically. Think about it. A few of these topics might be. Um, we're going to have four quarterly sales in a year where we get rid of uh, all the frames that are just not selling. Or maybe I'm going to produce 12 email blasts uh, this year to show uh, show the crowd what we got new in contact lenses and dry eye. Those are ways that you can show value beyond uh, everyday things you're doing actually in work. Uh, perhaps another thing you can do to show value is maybe you're going to cross train and you're going to be a tech and an optician or front desk and optician and many of you already probably have this role but um, if you're not maybe that's something else you can do because you can fill in when someone's on when they're sick or on vacation so write down all the bullet points what you did last year to deserve it and not just I organized the frames and clean the shelves like that's not enough you got to do something extraordinary and then write down the things you're gonna do next year to also do a really good job and bring the practice or optical to the next level iCare status. Do it. Ask for a raise. Don't be ballsy about it. You know, have some have some character. But um, if you deserve it, you should ask for it. And don't be scared. Uh, it should be a really comfortable conversation. Hi, Dr. Brill here. I want to talk about getting a 10% increase in your practice with very little effort. Okay, I have Debbie here, and Debbie's just finished her eye exam. We've had a nice time. We established rapport, and and I see her two children here, blue and green. Uh, so Debbie, I, I saw blue and green are here today with you. That's so nice, and they're enjoying the summer, I'm sure. Well, I have a question for you. Have they ever had their eyes checked? Yes, they have. Well, who's checked them? Well, my five-year-old gets his eyes examined through his pediatrician, and my eight-year-old um, at school. At school? Okay. Well, you know, there's a difference between an eye exam, like a comprehensive exam like we just did for you, and, and really having a screening. So I would probably call those screenings, and it's very nice that they're doing that. And, but the difference in a screening and in a, in a comprehensive exam, as say we look at the inside health of the eyes, we look how they work together. And of course we screen to see if they need a prescription and all. So let's get them scheduled 
and we're going to make sure that they're ready for learning and that they're efficient and so that honestly um, we want to make sure they have as fine care as, as you have so if we can get them scheduled and and you have one more child at home right your daughter is what 12 right now yes 12. okay well let's just bring everyone in and then we will work on getting their eyes checked and, if, and of course they probably won't need anything but we'll make sure their eyes are healthy and that they work together and that they're really not having any strain from their computers and digital activity. How does that sound? Sounds great, Dr. Okay. Burrell. Dr. Okay. Burrell, my children don't have visual problems. They see airplanes miles away. Oh, so you know, that's good, but let me ask you this. Out of which eye do they see airplanes miles away? The right eye or the left eye? Ah, okay, so what we're gonna make sure is that they don't just have one eye that's working, the other eyes being, we call it suppressed or not working at all. And so what we want to do is avoid this condition called amblyopia or lazy eye. Now they're ideal if we had seen them really early. So, um, so if you decide to have other children, then what I would suggest is we have programs called infancy where we see kids between 10 and 12 months, really no charge for you at all. And there's another program we have here in Kansas called see to learn so we could see your kids and usually they're covered by your insurance anyway but let's just make sure they don't have a lazy eye and that doesn't mean a turned eye they may have a higher prescription and with the higher prescription we want to make sure they're using both eyes together so but i understand so that's good that you at least have them screen so we'll get them on the schedule and we'll make sure everything looks okay all right so right now I, I just did a little scene here obviously we just made this little sketch up did this scene that repeats in offices all around the country. And when it repeats in, all around the country, are you taking the opportunities that you have right in your office to get the full families in? You're a family optometrist anyway, and you want to see the families. It allows you to tell, uh, see if you have um, anything that family conditions. You know, one time I had a patient, I thought she had terrible panis. She had blood vessels growing three millimeters into her eye. I thought, okay, this is bad. She's over wearing her contacts. Then I happened to see her two children. Guess what? They both had panis. And it was just a familial trait. So I always ask about anything, family diseases, conditions. And these are things that you can ask and it doesn't take you very much time and it costs you nothing. Okay, so let's actually talk about the financial part. We are, after all, entrepreneur here. Let's talk about the financial part. So the financial part, let's say you could get, if it's just 10% of the average 2,000 exams you'd be doing, 10% is 200 people. So most businesses in the, in the real world would, I mean, they'd go crazy over a 10% increase, but maybe it's only 5%. So if it's 5%, you'd be seeing extra 100 patients a year, and, and then that's an annuity because you'd be hopefully booking for every year, maybe you like two years, but you're going to get an annuity every time you do this little scenario. Now let's turn the tables a little bit. A lot of times moms especially bring their kids in, but they never get checked. And so I would say, you know, you need a turn. And when you need a turn, that means like we really need to get your eyes checked too. Yes, you don't have any problems, but we want to make sure your eyes are healthy, you're, you're responsible for these kids, you you shuttle them around. So let's take care of the whole family and don't forget dad too. So if you do this with everything that you are noticing in your exam, and it may be that you're at the slit lamp, but are you actually just tooling toward the cornea and the lens? Or do you really look at their lids? Maybe you have demodex, maybe they have a dry eye. So you got a probe, perhaps you just digitally press on their lids. And I'm gonna go over in another video how to do a simplified dry eye exam without any technology. But right now, Take a look, pay attention, use your scribe, 
and you will end up maybe booking that patient for another visit if they need one. Perhaps they have a asymmetry of their optic nerve head. Maybe they have asymmetry of more than four millimeters uh, in their eye pressure. So there's all sorts of opportunities for you to make, uh, have a busier practice, but at the same time really providing better care and isn't that what it's all about. So now Debbie, Let's just go ahead and make those appointments and we're going to make them right here and actually my scribe would be doing that. So we're not waiting till we get distracted at the front when glasses are done and everything's hectic and people feel that sucking sound to get out the front door when they transfer from being a patient to a consumer. We'll just make that appointment right now and my scribe would say, I'm just going to make those appointments right now. So is Wednesday afternoon still good for you? Yes. Okay, very good. So let's get it before we'll get that down here. I'll give you a confirmation. You do get our texts and emails, right, for confirmation? Yes. Okay. So, uh, all right. So we got those appointments made. All right. So the main thing is I am now a better doctor. I'm more concerned. There's that saying, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So what doctor does this? No one does it. Even in medical, they just don't do it. They try to spin as fast as you can. But you're going to appear to be much more family-oriented, you're going to provide better care, and you're going to increase your practice of profitability. All of our money better care, and that's what it's all about. That is it for the lightning round of topics. I hope you enjoy these money-making tips. I just want to let you know, not everything is right for every practice, so I want you to, to decide. But the number one thing you need to do is actually as execute. I'm giving you all these ideas, pick one, which ones you like and put it into action. It's not that complicated. Get staff buy-in and make it happen.